the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start up your Monday on B&E. Hope you had a good weekend. Rolling on. Longhorns. Win one, lose one. That means they've got a winner moves to Omaha game tonight in Stanford and Palo Alto. We'll certainly uh, talk about what happened last night and preview tonight. So the Denver Nuggets looking to win their first ever NBA championship. They can do so tonight in Denver. Game five. Didn't have a game last night, which I thought was odd. I know it was a travel week. They had to get from Miami to Denver, but... It was just weird to me for the NBA to have a game Friday night and then nothing Saturday night or Sunday night on the weekend. They'll play tonight with the Nuggets looking to win the first of what may be several NBA championships if you're watching this team grow. And, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of built the parallel with the uh, San Antonio Spurs. You think about the Spurs, Buck, when they had Tim Duncan early in his career kind of coming into his own and as a young, humble, kind of quiet superstar winning a championship. You know, Novak Djokovic's already won two NBA uh, MVP awards, but you know he's a young, star, you know, humble, quiet star, and it feels like they're on a on a similar trajectory. The only other interesting part: the Spurs won their first championship on their run, and they beat an eight seed, New York Knickerbockers, back in 1999, and that propelled them to uh, quite the run. I wonder if Denver, about the dispatch of the eight seeded Miami Heat, they could go on a similar run with he and yeah, Jamal Murray. I think and, that's to come, no matter what. Yeah. It's just I don't know if it's tonight. Well, then back on home floor, um, went, took both games in Miami, and gosh, the game on Friday night they, you know, didn't get a huge game out of Djokovic. It was uh, Aaron Gordon stepping up, and he was their leading scorer. And that's God, was he did he play big? I mean, they have and wide that's and what strong. We, we've said throughout this playoff run for them, you got a 28 year old superstar in Djokovic. You've got a you know, 25 year old star in Jamal Murray. Aaron Gordon's 20 what 25? I mean, um, Michael Porter Jr.'s 24. I mean, this core is young and headed into their prime, and they're about to claim a, a first championship of what may be several uh, championships. There's also some red-hot baseball teams headed to Omaha. Uh, six teams are in, two more still pending. That will be played tonight, including the Longhorns with the Stanford Cardinal. Let's also say a huge good and a you know buck on to Julian Alford, the young uh, track and field star for the University of Texas who won the national championship over the weekend in uh, women's outdoor track and field. She's a young lady from Jamaica, yeah, she's, 22 years old. Uh, she solidified she's herself. had a birthday. Yeah, graduate student, yes, Julian Alford. She's solidified herself over the weekend as one of the most dominant athletes in Texas history, certainly in track and field history. Uh, Texas won the national championship dominantly, 83 points, team points, 32 points ahead of second place Florida. And a big part of that was Julian Alford who – Where can she um, fly? She helped power the Texas team to gold in the 4x100-meter relay. She also finished first in the 100 meters and the 200 meter races. Yeah, I was telling you guys how my body is just still hurting from watching those girls do the triple jump, <laughs> how they jam their foot down and then continue on. Oh, yeah. Talking about joints hurting, man. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And it was hot. I mean, obviously, oh, anybody yeah. that was outside this weekend knows that the temperatures that, that they were dealing with on the, the field and or on the track and field there at Mike A. Myers and uh, Julian Alford, an all timer for the Longhorns. And, uh, 
you know, likely to, to be an Olympian. I would forward, think so, right? yeah. I mean, gosh, I mean, she's uh, one of the best athletes in the world, so good for her. Longhorns win the national championship there. Still in uh, the running for a national championship in baseball, but work to do. Let's get to the headlines. Uh, let's talk some uh, college baseball. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with the college baseball, and yeah, after rallying for that five-run ninth inning on Saturday night to steal game one of the Super Regional out in Palo Alto. Longhorns ran into a buzzsaw in last night's game number two. They're now going to face a winner advanced to Omaha game three tonight back at the Sunken Diamond. Stanford top Texas 8-3 to three last night. night. Thanks in large measure to the Pac-12's pitcher of the year, Quinn Matthews. The lanky left-hander handcuffed the Longhorns with a remarkable I 156 pitch, 16 strikeout, complete game that extends the series to that decisive game three set for seven o'clock tonight. Game was tied at two in the fifth, but a three run rally in that frame really flipped the ball game. Patient Cardinal lineup chase Texas starter LeBaron Johnson Jr. in the fifth. The uh, leadoff single, then an RBI double, and that brought in Travis Staley in relief. And Stanford second baseman Drew Bowser greeted him with a two run homer into the trees in left field. Uh, Matthews took it from there, held the Longhorns to just a single Mitchell Daly solo homer in the seventh from there. Texas uh, suffers their first loss of the tournament, and then I'll face an elimination game tonight with a trip to Omaha on the line for head coach David Pierce. Kind of the issue all uh, all day is just trying to get the leadoff hitter out and uh, allowed some of their power guys to hit with guys in score position. But, you know, that's what happened, and, you know, it was one of those nights for us. It was a great night for them, and we just got to bounce back tomorrow. You hear the game, of course, live right here on the horn. That tomorrow would be tonight, 6.45 pregame, 7 o'clock-ish first pitch. There is a game ahead of Texas and Stanford tonight. That's Tennessee and Southern Miss uh, trying to decide that regional in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Six teams have already advanced to the College World Series. Four of the top eight national seeds, Wake Forest, Florida, LSU, and Virginia are in, along with the uh, red-hot TCU Horn Frogs who won their 11th straight game on Saturday to sweep Indiana State two straight. Uh, they've won uh, Red Hot going in. Also, the even hotter Oral Roberts Golden Eagles. They topped Oregon yesterday. They've won 36 of the last 38 ball games on their way to Omaha. They will be there as well. Major League Baseball, Rangers and Astros both dropped rubber games with their weekend road series yesterday afternoon. Texas lost to Tampa 7-3 as Rays left-hander Shane McClanahan became the Bigs' first 10-game winner there. Slumping Astros got blanked by Shane Bieber and the Guardians. 5-zip. Round Rock dropped their series finale in Salt Lake 8-6. Major history made in tennis yesterday. Novak Djokovic won the 2023 French Open Men's Singles Championship with a straight set win with straight set, set win over Norway's Kasper Ruud. It's the Joker's 23rd career major singles title. That breaks the tie he was in with his rival Rafael Nadal. Makes him the all-time leader in slams. Maybe all-time forever. May never be broken. In golf, an incredible finish in Toronto yesterday. Nick Taylor became the first Canadian to win his uh, country's open in 69 years. The National Open there, he did it by rolling in a 72-foot eagle putt on the fourth playoff hole against Tommy Fleetwood. He claims the RBC Canadian Open title, U.S. Open Championship teeing off on Thursday in Los Angeles. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Yeah, that should be a mess this week. What's that? The U.S. Open. Be interesting, and it's out at the uh, Los, the L.A. Country Club, L.A.C.C., which, you know, if, when we, you and I were in. Uh, it's right there. Right there by when the Longhorns won the national championship in 2005 or in the 2006, early 06. We stayed at the Beverly Hilton Hotel. That was the media hotel. And, yeah, the L.A.C.C. is not too far from the Mm-mm. Beverly Hilton. Which not, means it's not too far from LA, UCLA, right? Oh, it's right between the Beverly Hilton and UCLA, right between Westwood and uh, uh, pretty prime real estate, my friend. Do you know, I, th- I believe it's the 13th hole behind the 13th green is the Playboy Mansion. And you, I mean, what you'll see if they do the overheads is it's all it's all the the Beverly Hills. And nice. so you're talking about like 
huge mansions, sprawling mansions. I mean, it's a it's a pretty nice place where they'll be playing the pretty uh, nice little place. United there, States Open today or Thursday, and of course, amidst all the controversy and uh, discussion going on in the world of golf, which we will certainly talk about in preview before we get to Thursday's tea time. We'll have our contest at the website, brought to you by Callahan's General Store to pick your golfers. Rosie but, was hanging in there for a while. Yeah, no, it was a. Gosh, there was one point yesterday at the Canadian Open where there were like seven players all at 13 under par. So you kind of knew a playoff maybe on the horizon. But who would have thought Nick Taylor is going to make a 72-foot? Nick Taylor shot 75 on Thursday and then got really hot. That and, was such uh, a gagging putt. Oh, my gosh. He couldn't believe it. Well, that thing's really not going in. It went in. It went in. And Tommy Fleetwood. Sat there and watched it. Yeah, what can you do? What can you do? And what can you do for the Longhorns? I, I'm still... Look, I'm going to criticize the manager at Texas at uh, Stanford. Uh, I don't know that there was any reason to put that guy back in the game last night. I mean, think about this for Quinn Matthews. It's a, it's a who wants to be a hero, Augie Garrido moment. I get it, but when the when the Stanford tacked on three runs in the ninth inning, it was eight to three. He'd thrown a hundred and uh, you know thirty five pitches that night, last night, and he had thrown hundred and eighty pitches in the regional. If you're the manager, just and plus that inning, that ninth inning took a long time. Get somebody up in the bullpen. I know his bullpen blew it the night before, and I understand the manager saying, man, I'm not, not risking this. It's our season. Did, did, we, did you see what Texas did to us? There, uh, yes, I know. But the night before that? At the same time, this guy's a major league prospect. I know he's feeling the adrenaline. But, man, that inning took a long time to add three more in the ninth against Duplantier and the Texas bullpen. Uh, I was really surprised to see him come back out. I mean, it's like, okay, get a shower, meet, let's go. That was an unbelievable performance. 135 pitches is plenty. Uh, eight innings of, you know, incredible pitching. We'll take it. We've got a five-run lead uh, in the ninth. Let's go ahead and close this thing out. I, I was really surprised to see him come back out. But in the end, uh, it's it's an all-time performance for, for the Stanford left-hander. He was the Pac-12's pitcher of the year, one of the best uh, pitchers in college baseball. He was their hero in getting through the A&M game last Monday night. I just think at some point, you know, you've got to be the, the manager who's going to protect the player from himself in that spot. Uh, I know he wanted to go back. I know you blew the game the night before, but um, that's a lot of pitchers. In in I mean, yeah, you, that's hard to do. I mean, that, that I mean, when the kid's going the way he was going, that that was. I know you got to look out for his future. He's got. I mean, he's not going to. He wants to pitch. He'd still be pitching this morning if he had to, probably. But I don't know. I'm trying to win that game. I'm trying to get to the College World Series. I mean, I, I, he's he must have had some innings during the course of the year, e where he's gone. Pretty long, you know, a lot of pitches. I don't think just on that occasion. Not that, that many, though. Well, nobody. How many guys get the chance to go that many? I've never seen As that he before. says, not, they don't let you do that. Well, look, and I, again, it was, you know, even going into the eighth inning, when he when he got he got you out of the eighth, I mean, it was five to three. And and I get that. I mean, it, you know, go ahead and, but it was eight to three. That ninth inning, he didn't need to come back. I was really surprised to see that. But in the end, he finished the game through 100 and you know, 50-some pitches and struck out 16 Longhorns. Uh, Longhorns were behind all night. They kept taking strike one. I think 22 of the 36 batters, you know, were behind 0-1 uh, in the count, which was advantage him. Uh, same time, Longhorns waited too, too long, I thought, to make the adjustment to, to get ahead of the count. And the problem is you heard David Pierce say LeBaron Johnson Jr. couldn't get the first batter of the inning out, off, keep him off base. Uh, he battled all night to keep the game, you know, right there. Uh, but every inning, it felt like he was in trouble with a you know a walk to the leadoff batter, and then a you know a leadoff runner would be on. 
which made for leverage pitches that he had to deal with all the way into the fifth yeah, inning. Yeah, lots of walks in this College World Series. This this whole these, all these regionals guys aren't putting the ball over the plate. A lot of guys getting on base freebies. And this time of the year, you know, those arms start to get a little tired. And this kid's throwing 156 pitches or whatever it is. I mean, yeah. got to throw strikes. I mean, the Longhorns have struggled with that at times this year. Uh, but they're, you know. They struggled with that on Saturday. They did. They did. Then Lucas Gordon uh, walked in a run uh, to start the ball game. But, you know, Lucas settled down and gave you every opportunity to win that ball game. Uh, and you did, of course. And, you know, that's, you know, Zane Morehouse came in and pitched great. I mean, that's, look, you give yourself a chance to win this game tonight. That's really all you can ask for. Uh, Stanford equalized it. You know, they, they you, you kind of felt like, man, they, they, to lose a game like that, a gut punch game at home where you're you're up comfortably in the ninth inning and uh, you let them, you know, because remember, Stanford was the team with the walks, right? They walked four guys mm-hmm. and they had a hit batter and an error uh, that led to the, the Longhorn scored the five runs in the ninth inning on Saturday night with the benefit of one hit, the Porter Brown single that scored to two runs to give you the lead. Everything else was charity at some level from Stanford. But it was also incredible plate discipline by the Longhorns. They oh, did a no great doubt. job of wow. letting the pitcher and the pitching staff for Stanford kind of Put them on implode. there, yeah, like, you're right. You know, this is the, Coach Gus would have been proud of this game. And, you know, if, if, let them beat themselves. If they're willing to beat themselves, when, once you realize a pitcher doesn't, doesn't have the strike zone, make him throw three strikes before he throws four balls. I mean, that's essentially make him prove it that he can hit the strike zone. And that's what the Longhorns did. I thought uh, Jack O'Dowd had a great at-bat in that uh, ninth-inning rally for the Longhorns. I, they all really showed great plate discipline and not giving in because, you know, the last thing you want to do against a pitcher who's having control problems is, is cut him a break and swing at a bad pitch, right, and swing at yep. one that's not a strike. Longhorns did a great job there. By the way, in golf, I didn't see Adam Hadwin get – just clocked by the security guard running out. To me, did he get him pretty good? He was like running up to him with a bottle of champagne. Oh, to spray him with it. Oh, and the yeah. Security guard just kind of. Did he take him off his feet? It was a rugby tackle. It was clean. Oh, it yeah. was. It was clean. Yeah. Okay. These overzealous security guards doing their job, but man, come, come on, out man. to his you, countrymen. <laughs> you pro golfer gets decked. Oh. I mean, I understand the guys who run onto the field, you know, but this is, that is their kind of their field, I guess, would be the way that goes. But, yeah, that was pretty cool. Let's dive into our Coach's Corner every morning here just after 7.15, brought to you by our friends at Audiovisual Consultations. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. This guy says apparently the Wake Forest baseball team needs a new kicker. They only scored 22 points yesterday, missed two extra points. Oh. Yes, yes. Well, guess what? If the Longhorns are to win tonight at 7 o'clock, their first game in Omaha would be against that Wake Forest Demon Deacon team, the number one team in the country. That's how the bracket lines up. Uh, that would be your first game. They pitch strikes. They they pitch. They hit. They're fifty two and ten. I mean, Wake Forest is as complete a ball club as there is, and that's the that's the test for the Longhorns. Because if you win this game tonight, find a way. Tanner Witt likely to get the start. The Longhorns have not announced a starting pitcher as of right now, but it's likely to be Tanner Witt. He's been the the game three starter. As the Longhorns, you know, last night's loss was the Longhorns' first loss in this tournament. They swept through Coral Gables. They had won the first game, and this was their first loss. So now they have to play with their backs against the wall, and we'll see how they respond to that. But if you win and get to Omaha for a record 39th time, you're going to face that number one team. Because remember, when you get to Omaha, you're playing a four-team regional again, mm-hmm. essentially. That's who you'll, you'll line up against that, much like you did in Coral Gables. You're going to play a four-team regional, and the winner of each four-team regional will meet um, in, a, in essentially a super regional, but for the national championship, best two out of three. And, uh, yeah, Wake Forest, Wake Forest staring you there if you get there for either Texas or Stanford. Uh, but, you know, again, we, as we said, Longhorns, 
you, you'd sign up for this at the start of the year without a doubt. One game uh, with Tanner Witt on the mound uh, and you're, you're, you know, everybody behind him ready to go to try to win and to get yourself to Omaha, that's the opportunity for Texas. But uh, also on their side of the bracket, LSU is already in. LSU swept through the uh, Baton Rouge, beat, beat Kentucky. Uh, so they are in. And then uh, the other game tonight will also decide another team in that bracket. That's either Southern Miss or Tennessee. The the other bracket in Omaha is already set. It's, it's uh, Florida, Virginia, TCU, and Oral Roberts. And how about that Oral Roberts team, Buck? They're Boy. a 50-win team. Uh, they've won. Score a lot of runs, too. That was a lot of runs in, the, in those games, those couple games that they played. Oral Roberts in their last 38 games have won 36. Uh, and one of those came over the weekend with a loss at Oregon. Uh, so that team is hot. And then I, I mentioned TCU. We're going to see Tanner Witt take the mound tonight. Tanner Witt returned to the mound from his Tommy John surgery against TCU. Uh, and, of course, Texas won that series two out of three, and then they went for the sweep, and Tanner Witt got roughed up a little bit on that Monday game. You realize since that Texas series that, that Texas took two out of three in Fort Worth, the uh, Horn Frogs have played 20 ball games. They've won 18 of them. They're 18-2. and two. Won the Big 12 tournament, won in Fayetteville, and now sweep Indiana State. They've won 11 straight into Omaha. So props to the Frogs uh, for getting themselves there. That was pretty cool uh, to see that ball. That, those crowds were huge at Fort Worth, and um, that's why we needed the. See, this is when you were facing Stanford and Palo Alto. This is why Longhorn fans should have been rooting for the Aggies last weekend. That's to beat right, Stanford, because you may have been able to host this thing. Could have been at Dishfalk Field on your home field, or even down in College Station. Now you're seeing this Stanford group who's, you know. They're, Watching they're balls happy. fly out into the pine trees was, out there. Well, Center look, field. As I criticized Stanford for leaving the pitcher in in the ninth inning when I don't think they needed to, uh, managerial decision, but some you know can't go go full carry wood with the guy. But at the same time, I, huge credit to Stanford. Their, their lineup, I thought LBJ did a nice job last night, but, boy, if you go back and watch, when he would get to two strikes, that team would battle him. Oh, yeah, fouling, fouling balls, balls off. Yeah. I mean, they were really impressive with their plate discipline and their ability to keep that bats alive to force the pitch count up for LBJ and then you know, either, either draw a walk or you know, put a ball in play. Even if they got out, they made, them, made a lot, throw a lot of pitches, and I thought that was really impressive to watch that lineup. What did the Rangers do? Were they fouling a bunch of balls off this weekend? They played a, the best pitcher in the MLB right now last, yesterday. How'd they do? They lost. Well, what the hell? Well, race. I need a win. The Rays flexed a little bit. We over won the week. on Saturday. Longhorn uh, Rangers won, won two or, one they, of the three. One of the three. Yeah, okay. And they won the Nathan Ivaldi start, which when Nathan Ivaldi starts, they usually win. Uh, he's the Rangers' best pitcher. But yeah, Rays won Friday and Sunday. Took two out of three. I think the Yankees lost their series to the Sox yeah. at home. Well, Rangers are fine, but the Rays are good. I mean, we know, especially at home. Uh, Rays are a little bit different outside of that ballpark at Tropicana Field, but uh, at home, nearly unbeatable. They're now what forty-eight and twenty. Uh, on the season, I mean, they are really a good ball club, and uh, flexed on the Rangers a little bit. But you know, that's that's uh, long. No, they've season. got good pitching now. They've got some spectacular pitching, Tampa, don't they? What's uh, what's the guy's name? McClanahan. McClanahan. Yeah, Shane McClanahan, left-hander. Uh, Rangers got him for three runs early, but uh, he locked it down from there. And Wander Franco hit a big home run to separate. I mean, they're they're <laughs> Rays are really good. Rays are really good. But that's a potential playoff, you know, American League playoff kind of series right there with the Rangers the way they're playing. Um, and you know the way the Astros are slumping. If you know the Astros had to put Jordan Alvarez on the injured list over the weekend, that's another. This just feels like if you're an Astros fan, a season of this doesn't. I mean, just the injuries. I mean, had Altuve hurt early. Brantley's never gotten healthy. Now there's a report that Lance McCullers has had, suffered a setback in his 
potential return, and it may be bad for him. He just may never get back to what Lance McCullers was. Now Jordan Alvarez is on the injured list. So this just feels like one of those years for Houston and the Rangers. Kind of feels like their year mm. on the American League West. They're just a really quality ball club, top to bottom. Now they took the uh, the Jacob Degrom gut punch, which was not good news for them. And uh, so, and we'll certainly follow. This says, "Hey, does track and field winning the national championship count towards the Hogwarts Cup? <laughs> you mean the the uh, the Directors' Cup? Yes, of course it does. It's a national championship." That for sure counts towards the track uh, and field does yes. Oh, was, by the way, was that accounted for when we discussed last week? You know, yeah. Stanford versus a situation like that. We would already win, like we knew we kind of sure, knew we were going to win that. I mean, it counts. It counts. And that, I mean, I, I haven't seen the the current standings, but tonight's game could not only be for a trip to Omaha. It could be if anybody cares for the Directors Cup for the that goes to the, to the best athletic department in the country. Uh, the winner um, will advance and uh, add that to their resume and get to Omaha. Uh, so and it could be the, uh, a separator uh, in that spot. So uh, this is David Pierce needs to hit the portal and get really good batters. Well, look, Texas has good batters. I mean, their lineup would tell you they've got a pretty darn good lineup. Oh, yeah. Uh, top to bottom and have been a, a pretty good offense this year. They ran into a really good pitcher last night. I mean, that happens. Uh, it's it's baseball. And you know, tip your cap. I mean, the Miami Hurricanes, by the way, the Miami Hurricanes are moving on from their manager. Did you see that after the Longhorns went in there and won the Coral Gables Regional? Mm-hmm. Uh, long, I mean, you know, Hurricane fans are saying the same thing about LeBaron Johnson Jr. just last week, that how come we can't hit? Well, LBJ was really good and threw a 129-pitch complete game. This guy throws a 156-pitch complete game uh, with 16 punch-outs. 16 punch-outs of the Longhorns. And, um, you know, anybody knows, that good pitching beats good hitting. It just always has, always will. And that guy was really good. Four picks, four pitch mix. Uh, the changeup. Uh, when he's on with the changeup, that guy's going to be mostly unhittable. Uh, and he was last night. Longhorns got him for three runs. They had some opportunities, but in big moments and big spots, he made big pitches. And when you can throw four pitches for strikes, and the the the, the fastball hits in the mid nineties, and then you throw a changeup and a sweeper off of that, I mean that that guy's tough to hit. Uh, and the Longhorns ran into that last night, and give him some credit. Tip your cap. Uh, he puts them into an opportunity to get back to Omaha after the Longhorns stole game one. We'll come back. It was a great game that they took. Oh, man. I mean, huge. Was unbelievable. Gritty. Uh, put in the adjective you want it on. And look, it, this series could be over. Longhorns season could be over. Certainly could. Not for that incredible ninth inning rally because Stanford has been the better team so far. Um, but, again, you give yourself a chance. Uh, one nine-inning ball game tonight to try to get yourself back to uh, Omaha for a record-setting 39th time. We'll come back, pick up uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the busy weekend. Your thoughts on the baseball of the weekend, the history made over the weekend, and uh, uh, general thoughts continuing. Plus, uh, hot or not with Ty before the end of the hour. It's uh, Monday morning on B&E. It's Bucky and Aaron. Good stuff on the uh, Specs text line this morning, as usual, from the show of the people. 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776. It says, guys, the umpire's moving strike zone. Doesn't help when you have a good pitcher. And hope that young man has an insured arm. No need for him to pitch the ninth. Oh, to be in agreement on that. But, yeah, what a performance. Yeah, the umpire, not the best, but that's the way that goes. Especially with, I thought, with LBJ early in the game. He wasn't giving him that low strike. And, and you know, LBJ likes to throw that, uh, that sinking fastball and mm-hmm. gets up on top of it and throws down on it and, it wasn't getting the low strike, and that led to a lot, a lot, of, a lot of counts. And he just couldn't get that third strike. And that's where you give Stanford credit for for battling and fouling off pitches and uh, leading the long at bats. And that's just a good, good, 
talked about uh, you know, they're top 15 in the nation this year in pretty much every offensive category. I think you saw why. I mean, they, they really battle. They can really hit. a nice leadoff hitter. Yeah, that guy wear you out. I mean, he sees a lot of pitches and doesn't hit for a lot of. He he he's not the guy that's going to kill you, but he's going to set no. the table for the guys that will. And uh, they're they're an impressive ball club. But again, you, Texas has been an impressive ball club. So let's see. Tonight is the opportunity. Several people let us know that, uh, that have seen the Directors Cup standings. As long as they have to win the national championship in baseball to win the Directors Cup, or else Stanford's going to take it. As long as they have to win tonight for sure, or else Stanford will be the uh, best athletic department. As long as they've won that back to back years. Yep. Also, Buck, so we, you know, we come off the Canadian Open, and here comes the U.S. Open. And Adam Hadwin, the young golfer who ran on the— He's lucky to be playing, isn't he? No, he's not. There's a report this morning he's got a separated shoulder, and he will not be playing in the United States Open. I was thinking After that. After being decked by the security guard when he ran onto the green to uh, spray champagne on his countrymen. Somebody's getting friend, sued. Nick Taylor. Something's well, happening somewhere. Well, know, security security guard's going to say, I was just doing my job. And I, uh, right. He's not. I don't know if that's because because remember, uh, Adam Hadwin had changed into his street clothes. Yeah, he had a little hoodie on. Yeah, all he, those guys did. He could have been a fan, and he comes running on to the, to the green to spray champagne on his buddy. The security guard doesn't know that, and he's but he took him down. That was a full on. But does everybody have to get jacked? I mean, can't you just go up to the guy? I mean, he's got the bottle. Go up to him, grab him by the chest, and say, "Hey, you're not supposed to be here." And then the guy can explain who he is, and that's I'm a golfer. That's my that's my guy. It's well, those guys, those guys are just waiting for the opportunity. The security guards to deck somebody. Why else? Well, just, waiting. That's their job. Their security. I know, but they don't act like they don't. Enjoy. Did you ever mess with a bouncer on Sixth Street? They're not waiting around to, to ask questions. Yeah, but they enjoy gonna, it. Well, it's sure. Part of the power, like the power dynamic that they have there. They, well, God, like I mean, he landed right on his shoulder too. I when I saw that, I'm like, that's not good. That guy's a golfer. That guy's yeah. not a football player. He will player. not be playing at the U.S. Open. Now, he could sue the security guard, but I doubt he can win that. I mean, the lawyers out there can weigh in, but that security guard's doing his job. Don't run onto the course. Well, that's what I would say. Does everybody have to get jacked up when they do it? Well, I mean, you know, like the nine-year-older? Did the, did, the, did the nine-year-older in the football game have to get jacked up by the guy? You know, if you run onto a place you shouldn't be, you might get jacked up. He's nine. The kid is nine. Well, and this, I know he was talking crap. I'm, sure, his mom I'm assuming the security guard feels terrible, but again, yes, he, okay. all he knows is someone's running like full speed onto the at, uh, going at the golfer. As he's coming at him, hey kid, how old are you? How old are you? I'm nine. I'm nine. Well, he he got him pretty good too. That Boy, was, he hadn't went down on that shoulder. It could have been a Natalia situation. Who knows? And that that was not a. Uh, it's true. Never thought of it like that. Could have been a little person. That was. Uh, that was not a Mac Brown. There's a tackling epidemic in America. He was that's a good tackle. Good yeah, form. Security tackle. guards are starting to get some form. All right. So uh, talking baseball, talking golf. I'll say one thing on the golf from the the conversation of last week, Buck, with the uh, the PGA Tour uh, merger with the uh, the Saudi fund, essentially. Uh, more came out. Wall Street Journal did a, a really nice piece over the weekend, getting behind the scenes of the deal that went down last week and why it went down. Uh, Jay Monahan, the P- commissioner of the PGA Tour, told all the employees, they had, they had a meeting, everybody wanted to know what the heck was going on and why'd we give in. Uh, Monahan uh, revealed that they, over the course of this year, coming off of COVID, they significantly dipped into their reserves uh, during COVID. And then um, over the course of the last year and a half, they've spent um, $100 million from their, their cash reserves on lawsuits uh, and then ele- those elevated events, you know, the uh, the PIP program yep. or their player incentive program, he revealed to the Wall Street Journal and to employees that they spent 100 to the point to this point they spent over 100 million dollars in lawsuits. 
uh, lawyers, and those that you know they, they projected that those were going to be ongoing for possibly three or four more years, and then 140 million on the PIP program, and they were helping to prop up the DP World Tour uh, with with some guarantees of, of prize money there. So essentially, saying just as we said last week, I mean, this is what Yasser and the crew and the Saudi Arabians did. They 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 just spent them out. I mean, they they disrupted the market, and then we're going to spend them into not existing. I mean, you only have so much in your reserves, right? COVID strapped some of their reserves, then the lawyer fees and legal fees, and then the guaranteed uh, payouts. And I'll say this for, because I've been critical of the the golfers who took the live money, and I'll continue to be, because it gave them the leverage. And here's what's going to happen, Buck. If the reports are true, and what what, uh, the PGA is saying now, um, Jimmy Dunn, who talked about him last week, that at the end of this year, Jay Monahan is likely to eliminate the Live Tour. Like, it's not going to exist. It's going to be right. his decision. And that Yasser is not going to stop it. You know, like, it's fine. Well, think about what Yasser did. He convinced Phil Mickelson and these guys to join a tour that he's now going to let go away. Like, they were going to start a rival tour, and with the idea that this is what it's going to be, that's going to be gone. So, you know, who did the Johnny backdoor? Well, Yasser we'll, did. We'll see if it happens. I mean, if it doesn't happen, then... Well, Monahan just—he's just another tool for them. That's all. He was well, just a tool. Well, that's what I'm exactly right because now you, that's the ultimate boss is 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 Yasser, right? But right. But the, the I guess the, the conversation there is like the, all the golfers who took it and went, who created the leverage, which created the lawsuits, which created the deal. Yeah, their money is, ain't going away. They still got their money. But there may I not believe. be. But they're going to be back uh, on the PGA Tour <laughs> because when they when they nuke the Live Tour, they're going to come back to the PGA sure. Tour and it'll be back exactly where it was. Uh, and they're going to be under under Jay Monahan as the commissioner, and they'll be back playing the events like they were before. Remember, they went to live, and it was going to be oh the fifty four hole shorter oh, tournaments, sure, less more rest for us, less bump. That's going to be gone. And Yasser convinced them to move on with the idea of this new tour. Well, that new tour is going to be gone because now Yasser got what he wanted, which is control of the PGA Tour. That's what he wanted all along. Well, if he has an endless amount of money, then the PGA's the, those some of those tournaments they play in are going to be even higher. Cash will be even higher Correct. for those. But, again, they left with the idea of a rival tour to think about what Phil Mickelson said. We have a chance to, to change the way, you know, the PGA Tour works. Well, M- Phil Mickelson and all those guys are going to be back on the PGA Tour. Right. Uh, Going Doing things that way with, with what, 74-hole tournaments? Well, That's back, it. back to normal. Back to normal. And my but point, still for more money. And, yes, they line their pockets for sure. But point being, them leaving through the promise of this new tour – is what led to this, right? Well, that, that, now that tour is not going to exist uh, because that's not what Yasser was in it for. He convinced them that he was in it for that, and he wanted to start this his own tour and you know build this live idea. Well, the live thing is likely to be gone uh, after 2023, and they're going to be coming back to the PGA Tour as was, and Monahan will still be in charge. But yeah, well, yeah. If Yasser, if this is all true, that he he legitimacy of golf and he he's you know historian of it he wants it to be the way it was too we don't i i, I just i had lived just to mess with you guys right so he used them to yes. get his ends uh they feel and money didn't matter it didn't matter so they got 200 million dollars so somebody else got one it didn't matter to him which that it, endless pit which i would argue is what you know critics of the live players were all along i mean sure patriotism sure the whole thing and saudi money but without the, them moving and joining that tour, it, they would have been, Yasser wouldn't have the leverage that we're talking about now. Uh, that you know, they said, no, we're going to stay here. We're going to stay right where we are. Uh, we'll grow the PGA tour. We won't take the big money. 
But again, that's what led to it. Uh, the, the PGA would tell you we're spending $100 million in legal fees to fight these battles. Uh, the players that want to come back and all, uh, all that's going on. That was the leverage that he was looking for. But it wasn't to, you know, there's not going to be these two sustaining tours that are going to now move on. It doesn't look like it's going to be Monahan. His call, he's not going to keep the live tour if he doesn't have to. They're going to merge back. Oh no, because that's that, that's what he was on. We don't we want to just we don't want that period. Well, but he convinced Mickelson and those other guys that this will be an ongoing thing. No, that's well. It'd be interesting to see if they truly get rid of live. According to Jimmy Dunn and the deal in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend, it's up to Jay Monahan, and I don't think Jay Monahan's in any hurry to keep the live tour alive. Uh, it's going to sink back into the unless PGA his tour. boss tells him, "No, we still want to keep this." I, not just in case, but we still just want to keep this going. Will. Don't think he will. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, but, yes, good golf. Uh, it is Nick Taylor, the first Canadian to win the Canadian Open in uh, 69 years with a 42-foot eagle putt. And then, yes, Adam Hadwin got decked by the security guard, and he's out for the U.S. Open, it appears, which will tee off at L.A. Country Club this weekend. Uh, good golf over the weekend. Good tennis. Novak Djokovic is your French Open champion, his 23rd. Grand Slam title. Longhorns have a winner. Advances to Omaha game tonight in college baseball. Six teams have already gotten themselves to Omaha. Two more will be decided tonight in the realm of college baseball. Ty- yeah, I guess the guy's doing his job, but I mean, he's he's not spraying like acid on him. I mean, couldn't you just go? I mean, I know. Don't come on the field. Don't get on the football field. You're not supposed to be here. Keep your ass in your seat. Don't get on the green. I don't know. It says you guys got a fake tweet about Hadwin. We got got. Got Dolly Parton? Well, that's a, I just saw a tweet oh, during the break that Adam Haddon will not participate, but that maybe that was a joke. We'll keep an eye on that. I think he'll be okay. Um, it says 69 kind of weekend. Well, you know, 6-9. Remember that National Sex Day last week? There you week go. With 6-9 uh, 2023. So I hope you had a good weekend with that as well. Um, it says this is the best. Uh, here, here, Here's your Adam Haddon takedown. Ooh, ooh, brother got him. To the ground he goes. Ooh, here come another security guard. Oh, yeah. He, that was, he was the one that was going to kick him. <laughs> uh, how about, uh, by the way, Nick Taylor's caddy realizes what's going on here. He's he, he's, he's a little late, he, isn't he? he? Well, a little late to the party. They're celebrating. He's made a 42-foot eagle putt. Um, okay, so we'll pick, pick up these conversations. Coming back, Ty will lead us through some hot or not topics coming off the busy weekend. Uh, you know, uh, Also, we'll hit uh, Ty Harrington. Ty Harrington, our skipper, will join us after the top of the hour talk about the Longhorn win and the Longhorn loss. Uh, his thoughts going into Game 3 tonight from what he's seen over the uh, the two games at Stanford. Ty Harrington will join us after the top of the hour. It's being the on the horn. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot not on a Monday. Longhorns, uh, well. Adam Hadwin has scheduled that appointment. He is not does not have a separated shoulder. Let me clarify that. That was a, a joke tweet that I got, got by. My fault. My fault That's all me. right. He did get taken down by the security Ooh, guard man. with a bottle of champagne in his hand after his countrymen made that long putt and won it. Uh, crazy weekend. I can report that the, uh, the Miami Heat. Mascot did have to go to the hospital after being decked by Conor McGregor. That I is absolutely that. true. I didn't see like w- what happened. That was planned. It was a, it was a well, bit. Well, it was a planned bit uh, between you know how the mascots do, right? They're going to pick a fight with the fighter, 
and that's going to be funny, and it'll be on the big screen. And Conor McGregor decked him. <laughs> With that whole big outfit in his yeah. face and everything. That guy got hit. But wouldn't you want to bring out, like if you're playing the game in Miami, wouldn't you want to bring out like a fake Nuggets mascot, bring out that guy and get him get beat up? Well, the Nuggets mascot doesn't get to Why travel to Denver. I know, but yeah. I've seen them bring like – like have one of your guys dress up. They want to bring out one of those little show dogs and punch the dog or something or kick uh, the dog. I, just, I thought that was probably a bad. Once I heard about that, I was like, yeah, there's no way they win now. I don't know if the the original one he was going down. He wanted that to look that way, but then when he was down, McGregor came over and gave him another shot to the head. I think that's the one that sent him right there. The second shot. It's crazy weekend. So you had that deal, and that was a staged, you know, bit uh, that went wrong. And Conor McGregor, of course, is a trained fighter and put the guy he had to be hospitalized <laughs> because of the punch uh i guess mcgregor thought it would be cushioned you know padded enough that it oh, wouldn't yeah. be a big deal uh, uh not the case and then so we had the security guard tackling the golfer yesterday in toronto and we also had floyd mayweather got in a fight with uh, had a fight with john Gotti the third and afterwards there was like a huge brawl in the ring with like 50 people into the ring crazy those are always the best yeah I mean, and and on a hot or not, your Yankees played the Red Sox this weekend, and your guy John Sterling, the 84-year-old play-by-play voice, got hit in the head. Hit in the head with a foul ball. You got up in the booth on him? Yeah. Come on, Whistled man. Whistled up over the netting, and boom, hit somebody, him right in the somebody's dome. Somebody's supposed to be there to catch that one. He's in there by himself. He talked right through it, though. He was in there by himself. Yeah, he, he we'll, we'll play that audio coming up. It's unbelievable. Yeah, because his his co-host is what's her name, uh, Susan Waldman or whatever. She had gone down to the it was ninth inning, so she's going down to do the post game interview. Was she going to have a beer or something? Well, no, she's going to interview whoever. John from, go down. You know that happens with Craig and Roger. Keith, you know they go the the, the color guys got to go down to the field to have the, the microphone to do the interview when the game's over, and then, you know so they head down usually in the ninth inning to be ready to uh, to do that. So he's up there by himself. Ball hits him right in the head. Eighty four year old John Sterling. He kept on rolling. Took a, like a pro. Right? A bloody. Could have been a lot worse. <laughs> bloody. Wow. Craziness. Ty, what do you have for us on this National Superman Day? National Superman Day. You have, Is Superman the greatest superhero in your mind? Batman. Batman's this kind of rich guy. He's just a guy. He's exactly. just a guy. He's just a guy. There's nothing. He's just a super guy. He's just a super guy. We're talking about superheroes. Batman is a superhero. The ability to fly, the ability to, you know, I'm down with Superman. I'm down with Superman. Superman. Well, yeah, I'm not a big fan of superhero movies in general. But (laughs) Earl Thomas, back in the news, after the body cam footage came out from his incident two years ago. uh, Oh, it's back? And now it's out? Yeah, no, it it showed him and his ex-partner, Nina, um, in the parking lot where they both were one of them had a knife. One of them had a gun. Uh, she's shouting that she, you know, f- caught him cheating. Um, but I thought, well, who's got the advantage? Who's got the gun? Who's got the knife? He had the gun, but she brought the gun, so he took it away from her. And she said that she picked up a knife, and she was like, "Oh, it's not. It wasn't loaded. It wasn't loaded." Which the magazine wasn't in it, but there was one in the chamber, which she wasn't aware of. So we're lucky that this situation. It could have been. Who, who are we talking about? Errol Thomas and his. And his former oh, partner Earl slash Thomas. wife. Okay, lifetime Longhorn Earl Thomas. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. In the body cam fo- uh, footage, you can hear Earl Thomas saying, this is my wife. She caught me cheating. Um, she hacked into a Snapchat and found his location. She also found that she found him and his brother in bed with some women together. Ooh. So it was a kind of a you know, Jordan Hicks, Case McCoy situation mm-hmm. maybe going on there, but... It's not not good, but I, we finally know exactly what happened now. So you can check out that video 
in your own time. Not hot on that. Not hot. Not, not hot. Still hot. hoping the best for Earl Thomas. Yeah. To get his and his ex-wife or girl or partner or whatever she may be. Seems like they're both to blame for this, though. Mm-hmm. Re- reaction wasn't the best, but definitely Earl, be faithful. Yeah. I'm well, I'd rather be the one with the gun. You can hold on to this knife the, all you want. Even at the end of his playing career, there were some issues with him in locker rooms and sensing like Earl was in a good place and hope the best for he and his family for sure. Uh, all right, so a good, bad, and ugly from the weekend, including the Denver Nuggets now a win away from their first ever NBA championship. It is at the beginning of a dynastic run in Denver. Could be. We'll talk about it. Also, the uh, big stories of the weekend. History for Novak Djokovic. History for Nick Taylor in golf. And the Longhorns went away now. I mean, like all you can look at it. They lost last night. Gotta have it. Ran into a buzzsaw of a left-hander. We'll talk about that coming up. The 156-pitch performance from Quinn Matthews, the left-hander of Stanford. But uh, still an opportunity tonight. Uh, trip to Omaha on the line. We'll preview that opportunity with our man Ty Harrington coming up. He's been to Omaha before as a coach and a player. We'll get his uh, preview of Game 3 tonight coming and what he's seen through the first two. That's coming back here on 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. Remember, sounds like we're getting some rough atmosphere this morning and our signal might be bouncing, so make sure you fire up the Horn app. Always find us live and local and loud and clear on that Horn app, on your smart speaker, and at hornfm.com.